Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. You got me? Got you. Good stuff. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Wise Guys Hideaway. I'm your host, Ian Barr, and today I'm going to be talking about that gritty Boston underworld with my boy from Boston, Boston Rob. Rob, say what's up to everybody. What's up? How you doing, brother? Not too bad, man. Just, you know, chilling, kicking. It's getting close to my birthday and shit, and I'm happy to get you on one of these... Uh, weekend podcast i have here i wish i could do it every day of the week but it's just not in the cards so uh before we get started um i have to let everybody know that the song that you hear in the beginning before uh rob you wouldn't have heard it we won't hear it till we listen to the episode but that's lords of brooklyn uh lake lakes of fire so uh big shout out to those guys i'm uh, i'm glad i can actually just use their shit now via spotify that's really cool so appreciate them uh, and a big shout out to our thing clothing apparel rob you got anybody you want to plug yeah um let me give a shout out to our team at America Social Club, everybody at National Crime Syndicate, my team at Prison Tales Network, everyone at Mob King, season one coming this year, and uh, our good friend Dave Breakspear. Journey of yeah, good shout out. Big shout out to that boy across the pond. You ain't lying. <laughs> well, shit, Rob. Uh, everybody's used to me. They know my whole gimmick and background, but uh, they don't They don't really know you. I mean, you've got a shout out as my unofficial co-host my silent partner and all these but uh they don't actually know who you are so i mean why don't you fucking give us a little bit of insight about you without you know giving too much away yeah i mean i'm from boston so that's what i like to uh cover mostly boston mob it's where you know my expertise are <laughs> right well i mean that uh that would be because you actually had uh family members involved right yeah i had an uncle that was uh with the patriarchal family and uh I had another uncle that was a member of the Winter Hill Gang. We talked about him before, posted about him. Uh, William Wynn, he was busted in the Dramex thing. Oh, yeah, the uh, the Dramex scheme, yeah, with, uh, wasn't like uh, trucking unions and things like that? A big, uh, like a big yeah. kind of sting on that? Yeah, he was the transportation captain for uh, the Teamsters, and uh, they got busted when they were shaking down Hollywood movie execs. You know, to make they want to make movies here, and uh, you know they were paying them to smooth it all over. Uh, didn't they make one with uh, Matthew Broderick or uh, something like that? Yeah, there was a movie based on it with uh, Matthew Broderick, Ray Liotta, uh, Alex Baldwin. Um, you know, it, it wasn't that great of a movie at all, but uh, that is what's <laughs> based on it. Uh, Scott Bernstein just did an uh, article on it recently. Back in, uh, on, the, on the actual movie itself? Uh, no, well, on the thing, but he mentions the movie in it. For sure, for sure. Shout out to uh, Scott M. Bernstein. He's the proprietor of the original Gangster Podcast, the author of uh, Motor City Mafia and a litany of other books. He's a, uh, I mean, that, that motherfucker's a real hero, man. I've been watching Scott Bernstein since I was like fucking 10 years old, man. He's on Channel 7 my entire life. I've been following him forever, too. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's dive into it here. We're going to be talking about the Boston underworld, which uh, I think a lot of people kind of get confused with because of sort of different movies that were made, especially in particular, it was a great movie, but Black Mass, it, uh, it really portrays like the Irish and Italians as like cutthroat enemies that almost like would never have dealings together. You, I mean, you would think of like, you know, like the greasers and the socials from the fucking outsiders, the way that the movie made it seem, but Rob, from everything you tell me, that's not exactly how, like, things went down. No, I mean, you know, they were at war at one point, and uh, they were enemies, but they also worked together on a lot of things. 
when uh <laughs> now is Bo- is Boston one of those cities it's kind of like uh Detroit to where it's a it, it is a big city it's a major like uh, metropolitan area but it still seems like it has that sort of almost rural town tight-knit feel to where like you know everybody knows everybody's fucking brother from the block or something like that and that's sort of how like Southie yeah. and Charlestown yeah it's a big city but it's it's you know it's really not um it's all pretty close together like we were talking about Charlestown um you know it's everything's within like 10 15 20 minutes Right, throw a bottle. <laughs> not, yeah, it's not that big as far as that goes. Now, what are the? Because uh, I mean, you always hear about them, but if you're like me and you haven't had the joy of being to Boston yet, what are like the Southie projects? Do, I, do they still exist, or like what? What? What's the scoop with that? Because you always hear about the projects from Southie. Yeah, you had the Southie projects. You had Charlestown projects. Um, you know, the Charlestown projects are very popular too. Um, Bulger was from the. Uh, South Boston projects, and um, his brother is that officer. Um, oh, John Conley. John Conley, yeah. Yeah, John. Yeah, John Conley, and then yeah, his brother Billy. Yeah. And then you got everybody in um, Charlestown. You know, Anthony Shea, a lot of those guys. Yeah. 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 I mean, actually, a uh, little uh, little side note here. This is something I just I had to throw in. I'm gonna go on a quick tangent about actually Boston's home to the largest uh, robbery. Uh, it, it might not still be for a while. It was actually in the world, but in uh, in America, it still holds strong. In uh, March 18th, 1990, uh, 13 works of art were stolen from the Isabella Stewart Gardner uh, Historical Art Museum in Boston. Two men just walked up with police uniforms on, saying they were responding to a, a noise complaint. Had the two guards get on the get on their knees. I don't know how they got this far. Get on their knees, zip tie them, and then they proceeded to steal 13 works of art, including some very valuable Rembrandts, one of only 33 paintings done by Jonas uh, Vermeer, uh, Monat. I mean, you you name it, these guys got it, and it was estimated uh, between five and eight hundred million dollars. So another little shout out to the Boston robbery scene. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's a popular story around here. I believe they got in. Did they ever figure it? Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. You were in my bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. As far as I know, I mean, they had their uh, suspects like Robert Gentile. Um, he was one of the ones believed to be involved. There was, you know, a lot of guys said to be involved. But I believe the way they got in the building is they said they, uh, the alarm went off or whatever. And they would, the cops, they told them that they had to come in and check the place out. And I believe that's the way they got in. But yeah. Oh, you are right. It was, yeah, they did say it was a silent alarm. It wasn't a noise complaint. That was my bad. But my favorite part was fucking, what's up? They told them they couldn't leave until they checked it out. So that's how. Yeah, they, yeah. Did, but. But did you ever hear what they said to him once they zip tied him? I uh, I can't recall. They zip tied him, and the and the two security guards were like, "Why are you zip tying us if this is just like a routine like check?" They're like, "Oh, it's not a routine check. It's a robbery." Like. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's true, but legend has it. I read that somewhere that that's what one of the guards said that they said to him once they had them zip tied and subdued. Yeah, I mean, they got the job done pretty quick. They just cut the paintings right out of the frames. And uh, actually, in Isabella Gardner, uh, her, in her will, she has it that no painting can be, you know, sold, replaced or anything like that. So it's still to this day, they're sitting there, fr- you know, just a frame. Really? They're just the frames? Yeah. And that's that awesome. Was- I got you. So, you know, you'll be looking at paintings on one wall and then you'll look to the other wall and then there's a painting missing out of the middle and 
it's like that in a couple places. <laughs> That's insane. I can't wait to get out there and see that. Uh, didn't they think, uh, what was his name, uh, Bobby Donati or something like that? Might have been like a leg man or like one of the actual burglars? Yeah. Or was that just like bullshit? There was a lot of names uh, thrown around in it. I bet. I definitely bet. But I mean, between like him and and like and like uh, like Rob was saying earlier, Anthony Shane, the No Name Gang. If you never heard about them, I don't know if they're the number one bank robber coup. But I know they're up there. I know they took took a, well, I think like three hundred million dollars worth in their course. I mean, yeah. they were they they were proficient. They were very proficient. Yeah, they definitely made millions off that. I mean, a lot of people from Chowsound, they were all doing it. You and I had talked about that before previously about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we can say it again. These guys don't know if, uh, I mean, I guess if you've seen the town, but there, there was just so many people, you know, doing the same jobs, robbing the all army trucks and all the different banks. And uh, the rumor has it that one crew would go to stake out the bank and they'd see another crew from Charlestown staking out, staking out the same thing or a truck. It's always running into it's like running into some fellow construction workers or something. You're like, ah, you're here too, huh? Oh shit! Did uh did your uncle ever know anybody who knocked banks? Or I guess he was more just a union guy, so he probably tried to stay away from that kind of. Yeah, nonsense. he was more of um you know union. He was a, I think I already said he was a transportation captain for uh, the Teamsters Union, and uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was yep. the go between the uh, patriarchal family and the Irish mobs went to Hill Gang, uh, especially when they were doing what? The, uh, that drama X thing with them. Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for uh, people out there who don't understand how significant what Rob just said his uncle did was the Irish mob from Boston sort of their reputation precedes themselves. Uh, I mean, I guess we can, I mean, we already started with Shane then fuck it. We can just crank out these winter hill fuckers and then we'll move into the like actual Costa Nostra. But like uh, when Rob's talking about winter hill, uh, it's uh, like a subset gang. It's, it's essentially a gang. They call it the Irish mob, but I don't know. What was it, like 14 people, Rob? Something like that? Yeah, there wasn't a crazy amount in winter hill, but. But all killers, though. I mean, I don't not all, but mostly killers. Yeah, definitely a lot of them were. I mean, you had um, a lot of people have seen Black Mass, and you had guys like Steve Fleming, you know, born June 9th, 1934. He's still alive, I do believe. He's 86, 87 or something. Uh, of course, we all know Whitey Bulger, you know, born September 3rd, 1929. I thought he was going to live forever, but October 30th, 2018, uh, they, they got him. How, uh, did they celebrate that in Boston, Rob? Were people, like, happy? What's that? When they, uh, when they snuffed Bulger. Um, well, yeah, there was, yeah, there was a, obviously a lot of ha- people happy about it. Um, probably a lot of people with mixed feelings about it. I mean, they put him in general. You're all right. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah. Did um, I know they, I know they obviously figured out who did it. Did they ever figure out why the guy did? Was it like a revenge killing? I mean, Bulger fucking had killed so many people. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just I think it was because he was a rat. You know, they just um wanted to. They try to cut his tongue out and shit like that. So um. <laughs> You know, the motive was clear. I wonder if he was scared. That, that, that is one guy that I wonder if he was scared at his end. I Because I don't know. I, I just really don't know. Uh, I mean, he knew it was coming. They pushed him out of, you know, using his wheelchair. They, you know, pushed him out of the way of the camera and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm, you know, he was an old man at the time. So, I'm sure. I forgot he was in a wheelchair. That makes but, it so much worse. You know, then he was a fucking nut. So, you know, 
That's what I mean. Like, do, do it, fuckers. Make it quick. Just like talking shit, kind of like a Sunny Black with the fucking hit me once more. Make it good. I love that shit. <laughs> oh, let's see who else we got. Uh, Vincent Fleming was uh, uh, Steve Fleming's brother. Uh, he's born September fifth, nineteen thirty-five. He don't make it very long. No, October sixteenth, nineteen eighty-nine. He, he ODs. He was a. Uh, I mean, everybody I just named was a fucking rat, but. I mean, Vincent Fleming was really uh, – it's hard to get lower than Whitey and Steven, but, I mean, he, he managed. He definitely managed. Yeah, he was um, Yeah, he was also an informant. They also had a brother, um, I believe it was Michael Fleming. Um, he, was yeah. a cop, yeah. he was a cop for a long time. And um, he uh, – I'm trying to think of what he got busted for. I think he was moving uh, some guns or something like that. Uh, yeah, one, yeah, one surprised me, especially in that uh, time period, because all the IRA stuff and the, I mean, just the fucking amount of guns that were going through South Boston in general were actually pretty impressive, like numbers wise. Yeah, and I guess he had got, got caught. Uh, he stole, uh, got some jewelry from his brother, uh, Steve Rifleman, and uh, he sold it, and uh, he got caught with that. So, um, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that they and they really stick it to those fuckers too. Do you ever see that documentary on the the seven five from uh, Brooklyn or wherever? Yeah, Michael Down. Yeah, that dude's a fucking nut. I seen him on Joe Rogan's podcast, man, and he's still just as like no no regrets. Literally, you can tell that like he no regrets. Not at all. <laughs> um, another thing that uh, me and Rob uh, wanted to sort of stress to people. Because, I mean, for anybody who's seen Black Mass and you're just kind of tuning us out, doing whatever, you might be at work on a high level or whatever, and you're like, oh, I know I know about the Irish mob from Boston. I was coming to listen to the Italians. You don't know about the Irish mob from Boston because they always fuck the movies up. Steve Fleming and uh, Vincent, well, not, maybe not Vincent Fleming. He's kind of a fucking dope, dope fiend. Mm-hmm. But I know Steve Fleming uh, did do some hits for the Italian mob, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Bolger probably too, but. I, I don't know. I feel like they trusted Fleming a little more than Bolger, but I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Rob? He was, uh, you know, he was definitely known to do a few murders. And uh, he testified to the ones that he did on the stand and all that. Um, but yeah, Fleming, the thing with him was um, he was an informant since long before Bolger ever made the deal. So he's been... Yeah, that was weird, that was weird too. Yeah, I believe it was back in the 60s was when... Uh, he made his deal but in the movie they show it like uh he was against it you know yeah yeah like he was against it and then like they kind of make him sort of like uh like kind of not i wouldn't say squeamish towards murder but they make him act like he's like oh you know whitey's making me do this or oh here we go get fucked that steve let me love fucking killing people <laughs> yeah they, I mean, they both they both really did. I don't know if it, uh, did uh, Vincent Blumey ever catch any bodies, or he just fucking kind of skis ball all the way until he finally OD'd. Yeah, no, he didn't catch any bodies that I know of anyway. <laughs> and then uh, the man himself to just sort of sum up the uh, Winter Hill gang, uh, Howie Winter, nonetheless, you know, the myth, the man, the legend, uh, born March seventeenth, nineteen twenty nine. He's still alive uh, from everything I've researched, unless he just recently died. They are all starting to go. Yeah, no, he's still alive, I believe. He's down in... Uh, is he in prison or is he free? Barry? He's free. He's a free man now. He got back out. Uh, he got out in the early 2000s. He caught uh, what a time. 2012, but uh, he got off without you know, getting any jail time. 
Right. I mean, when you wheel yourself in there in a wheelchair and you're on oxygen, they're like, God, just go home, Mr. Winner. <laughs> All right, though, we can uh, we can start to sift now because we, we've explained the sort of the Irish faction of uh, the bot like the Boston organized crime units. And obviously there's, a, you know, a handful, handful more people in Winter Hill. You got like Johnny Monterana, Kevin Weeks. Um, I, I can't think any more offhand. You got any more offhand, Rob? Yeah, all the guys like my uncle, for example. Um, one thing I wanted to say was, uh, he was the go between the Patriarcha and the Winter Hill Gang. He was a member of the Winter Hill Gang, but you can also read in some articles that they'll say he was a Patriarcha associate. Um, so respected, but, like he, they, like yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then you know, Frank Salemi, Cadillac Frank Salemi. Yeah, yep, yep, Cadillac Frank, uh, good old Cadillac Frank was born August 18th, 1933, and that son of a bitch is still kicking too. Yeah, when he became uh, boss of Patriarchal family, that's when, uh, that's when my uncle was really working for them, working with them, and going through them when, uh, you know, as far as I can find anyway. Now, is, uh, is your uncle... Uh, half Irish, half Italian, or uh, how does your family work? You do have some Italian, and you don't you? I I don't know, not in the um, but I am half Irish, and uh, I'm half okay. French, which is what my my name is, my last name. Oh yeah, ba- yeah, Balo, right? Balo. Yeah, but my uncle, um, he didn't. I did have an uncle that was with the Patriarcha family. He wasn't my blood uncle. And my other oh okay, here um, he was all Irish as far as I know. Hell yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump uh date back a little bit here. Uh one of the earliest sort of like uh Boston like big timers I could find was uh <laughs> Gasperi uh Mazina Mazina. Yep. Uh born August seventh, eighteen seventy nine, died June fifteenth, nineteen fifty seven. But from everything I researched he stepped down uh as like the the face and head of the family in like 1924 but he didn't actually retire until like 1932 but i mean that's not surprising a lot of guys do that yeah like he stepped down um i want to say the early 1920s mid 1920s and but he remained you know an advisor to the family i and my article new england for uh, national crimes indicated about the new england mafia the bosses i mentioned him in uh he was, um, he remains an advisor to, uh, what's it, Phil Bukala? I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah, it right. Yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, they, they get hard sometimes. But uh, where does, now, it goes It goes to him, and then I can't find, who, where does a, a Raymond uh, uh, Patriarcha, like, who, who does he inherit his reign from? He took over for Joseph Lombardo. Okay. And, you know, okay, I couldn't. Not, yeah, he's the one that really, you know, uh, the family took his name, and he's the one that really pulled it together in New England. And, uh, you know, he built a real stronghold. Oh yeah, he's like the Carlo Gambino of Boston. Joe Lombardo, by the way, everybody, born September first, eighteen ninety-five, died nineteen sixty-nine. They didn't have a date. And uh, Raymond uh, Patriarcha yeah, was born March seventeenth. What's up? Okay. He he died July seventeenth, nineteen sixty nine. Oh, nice! Hell yeah, Rob! Look at you go! Fucking couldn't find it to save my life, and you're just like, no, no, I got it, I got it. Yeah. And then Raymond Patriarch. What's up? I don't remember it all off the top of my head, so you know what I mean. I pull some stuff up, but he was one of the ones that uh, I had my. I was thinking about. 
Yeah, there was a couple of them that I could only just simply find years. I mean, obviously, uh, Patriarch is March 17th, 1908 to July 11th, 1984. Um, he's actually got, he, for me, like for a boss, he had a pretty uh, sort of a formidable rap sheet for like the times he would get it. Like, you know, he gets a, like in the late 30s, he gets a robbery charge and catches like five years and four months. But then like in the 70s, dead of 70s, when like he's fucking coming more to light, he catches a conspiracy to commit murder charge and catches a 10 piece. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's different for a boss. Yeah. He starts hijacking when he was, I want to say 17 years old, 16 years old. So, you know, he's definitely been around. Yeah. Yeah. Like another Carmine Persico. It seemed like they were just like, they belonged to the street. They just fucking. <laughs> and uh, now uh, Gennaro and Julio, he, does he uh, take the family from uh, Patriarcha or is he just always the underboss? He was the underboss, um, and he tried to take control when he was in prison uh, when, after Patriarca died and Raymond Patriarca Jr. assumed control. But um, Oh, when he was doing the racketeering stretch from 86 to, like, 2006, 2007, something like that? Yeah, he, he tried to take over the family, okay. but, you know, from jail, he, there wasn't much he could do. So, uh, and a few people were back in Patriarca Jr., Oh, I'm I'm sure. Uh, I mean, there is there was rumor told that uh, Angelo may have even uh, purchased his button. For those of you who don't know what that means, it means you didn't really put in the formidable work it requires to be a made man in the mafia. You just were a, a money maker and sort of, you know, how you doing your way in. The same way I feel like Michael Francis got made. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, but Raymond Jr. So he ended up stepping down a few years later after he caught up. He went to prison for a while. And right after that was where uh, Frank Salemi came in. Oh, okay, about, okay. The thing about uh, Salemi is he was uh, he was actually half Irish, so he was the first boss of the Patriarca family that wasn't full Italian. Would that make the first boss in like Cosa Nostra period? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I believe so. I know it was definitely the first I mean, boss. Yeah, yeah, I would have to say, except maybe, I guess, the power they might have given somebody like Lansky or something or Siegel. I don't know. But, like, after that whole little right when shit's being formed stretch, like, yeah, I don't, I, I haven't heard of that before. I didn't even know that uh, Cadillac Frank was that Irish until you told me. Yeah, about 40 years ago, you know, that was something like that 40, 50 years ago wouldn't have happened. But times change. Uh, he was probably the only one from the you know, left to do the job at the time. Oh. Right, the only one with any like grit left, the way all the old timers seen it, and they were like, "Ah, fuck it, it's Boston anyway." Yeah, when my uncle had gotten arrested, uh, Billy Wayne got arrested in 1992. He was charged with uh, the conspiracy along with uh, Frank Slimy Jr. Oh, okay. So yeah, so, yep. They got that's when they were doing fucking dude, the 90s. Really started cleaning motherfuckers out. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> Slimy Jr., he never got convicted. He died of uh, AIDS before, uh, I believe, before the fire happened. And my uncle had... Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, you would research that earlier. Yeah, that's, that is accurate. Uh, Gennaro and Jewel, about March 20th, 1919 to August 29th, 2009. Uh, I just, I'm just a real big uh, birthday and death date guy. Sorry, I'm just real anal about it. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am too as well. Well, because it amazes me that sometimes I read up on guys and like they'll live such a rough life, and I'm like, okay, so he died. When, oh, this son of a bitch is still alive. <laughs> like, yeah, because you don't see many of them uh, get into old age in that way. No, hell, absolutely not. You know, and if they do, they're 
usually in prison. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder who the longest, like, now because Francis did like five years in the. I wonder who had like the the least amount of conviction, all that, and fucking just managed to like slither by. It's got to be some like fucking, not even a captain, just some soldier of some sort. I seriously doubt anybody in any real seat of power has that luxury. But I do wonder what like what made man has served the least amount of time, didn't snitch, didn't nothing, and has just kind of like coped it out of the mob. That's a good question. Something uh, I haven't really thought of. But obviously, this guy I mean, doesn't like... Uh, me either. But... Lucchese boss, Tony Ducks Corral, who got his nickname because he was always ducking subpoenas. Right, and, true, true. So he, he was able to, you know, uh, avoid them a lot. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Tony Arcado probably, right? Would, uh, now that I'm thinking oh. about it. Tony Arcado, uh, Big Tuna? Oh, yeah, out of Chicago. Yeah, didn't he? Uh, he sort of just overseen the family the whole time. Sam Giancana ran it. And, uh, he, I mean, other than in his, like, early, like, bootlegging years, he, he didn't die in prison or nothing, right? Like, he lived out the rest of his days. Yeah, he took a backseat. He did something like Chin did, you know, uh, put some, put, you know, Chin took that Tony Salerno up front as the boss. And uh, Akata would, uh, he would usually do that. You know, he did it with Giancana. Um, didn't he do it with Rika, too? Uh, yeah, well, Paul, him and Paul were, like, the two that were uh, behind the power in the family. They were almost, like, equals. Um, I know when Giancana uh, was fucking up and uh, they were they had a meeting and uh, Paul Rica just went off on Tony Mercado and telling him, you know, this is, it's your fault. Everything Giancana's <laughs> doing, you put him in that place. And, uh, and Mercado, from what I understand, anyway, just sat there and took it all, and then, you know, and then we know what happens hmm. next. Hmm, that, that's pretty cool. I never heard that one. Paul Rico was like, uh, Akata was the boss, but Rico was like, you know, the senior advisor. Um, it actually shows their relationship pretty well in um, making it the mob Chicago. I mean, everything. Oh, cool. okay. yeah, I do. I do remember that series. They're hard to find now. YouTube fucks them up. Yeah, it may not be 100% accurate, but it gives you an idea of how their uh, relationship was. And Akata always looked up and all that, so. Yeah, it's funny because that's one of the, like, the, the lesser known, same with, like, a Joe Adonis or somebody like that, who, like, they never really, they did so much. And, like I said, like, every time I look up anything of, like, you know, when the commission's being formed, Luciano, all that, dude, Joe Adonis's name is fucking everywhere. But, like, when I yeah. first started really getting into this shit, I never would have fucking known. I wouldn't even know that was a mobster's name. You know, when I first started researching all this shit, you've been like, Lucky Luciano. Yeah, Al Capone. Yeah, Meyer Lansky. Like, but then you got like Joe Adonis's and then you got like Paul Rica's. Cause like the only time I've ever seen Paul Rica portrayed, I think is in fucking Road to Bidish, uh, Perdition with uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They impersonate like Paul Rica. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people that weren't like uh, real big popular names. Like you don't really hear of um someone like us don't you know who's not as knowledgeable as us don't you know probably really know who, who he is because the meter always covers the famous ones the gaudies the gigantes, yeah the yeah i don't who who do you think the most do you do you think it's Gotti? do you think Gotti tops capone and like fame of the mafia i mean fame well i wouldn't say he tops him no but um you know god true because everybody yeah 
I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't like audio, especially a lot of our, uh, you know, the people we associate with, with the organized crime history and all that. Um, you know, not many people like audio. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh yeah, Um, a lot of balls and fucking (laughs) always down to service time. I'll give him that. That motherfucker never fucking took the side door once when it came to doing a little bit in prison. Yeah, no, you know he his rep meant a lot to him, so he really enforced that. He had a lot of balls. Like there's a story when him and uh, Gigante were in prison together. Uh, I'm sorry, not Gigante. um, Galante. Galante. They were You're good. Jail. I do that. Yeah, people dispute on if the story is true or not, but uh, the story goes that you know, Galante <clears throat> was getting all uh, kinds of liquor, good food, steaks, and, and stuff like that, and he was sharing with some other top mob guys, but people like Galante, not somebody in God's position. Yeah, yeah. God wasn't a captain yet or anything like that. So, but you know, Gotti basically told him, you know, you should be sharing with everybody, all of us, and. Uh, he Galante respected Gotti for it, but you know, calling him out on it and all that. Like he he respected his balls, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah. And I can see, I can see, I can, I believe it. I can see that story being true. Yeah, and I could too because that's that's the balls on Gotti. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, he does have those balls, even though like he could have got wiped out easily and something like that. And I think that's what people respected about him, and I, I respect that about him. But you know, I see why people love him. I see why people hate him. Oh, I, I fucks with him. I just, like, I mean, pe- like, people back him the same way they did, like, a John Lennon from the Beatles. Like, there'd be no Beatles without John Lennon. It's like, all right, slow the fuck down. There's three other guys in the band. Same with Guy. People be, you know, people are like, Guy, he put the weight of the mafia on his back. It's like, actually, he put a lot of strain on the fucking mafia on his back if you really want to, you know, break it down. I mean, I, I do admire his swagger. He fucking flaunt for the news cameras and the fucking, Gotti, how you feel? Well, you know I always feel good fucking on his way to fucking face 100 years. Like, that's ballsy as shit, but... Yeah, his balls, his cockiness, and that was something a lot of people respect about him, including Galante. It was alleged that Galante said, that, you know, I'd like to have him in, in my crew. Um, you know, but then he found out he was a Gambino. Didn't Gotti always try to, like, present himself as, like, a more swaggish, like, Anastasia? Wasn't he, like, a big Anastasia nut? Because he'd have been young when Anastasia got clipped. So that would have kind of almost been, like, folklore for him even being in the mob, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. I wonder myself who Gotti's, uh, you know, who he really looked up to. Aside from, we know he looked up to Neil Delacroix, we know he looked up to Kyle Gambino, but, like, who, uh, what guys, other guys did he really, you know, Admire. Yeah, like that's why I don't think Anastasia, because for some reason I don't know why, because I've never met Mr. Neil in my fucking life, but I see a Neil Delacroix shitting around telling all these 70s and 80s guys, like, you boys don't even, you don't even know what this life is, you know, you don't even know back when Anastasia ran things, like, and just like, you know, telling fucking back in the day tales and like Gotti really like absorbing that as like a 22, 23 year old gangster, you know, being like, oh, so Anastasia was the fucking man. He was how you're supposed to run things, you know, like. Because personally, I don't know if John Gotti ever really respected Don Carlo that much. I've, that's my personal opinion. I've never read that anywhere. I've never nothing anywhere. But yeah, and, I think no, I probably you know I probably agree with you on that. I mean, it's like you don't, you know, we know he respected Neil Delacroix. That's for sure. Um, yes, hundred percent. I have no idea how he how he felt about Gambino, but um, you know, I think he just the same way you do with a boss when you're fucking twenty something years old. You're like, ah, this fucking asshole. <laughs> Yeah, you tolerate them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fucking, 
Oh man, nobody nobody is ready to burn bridges to get to the top like Carmine Persico though, but that's a tale for another time. We uh who else we got from good old Boston? Uh let's see. Uh actually a couple of pretty pretty big name captains. I did find out he ended up being a captain. I thought maybe he was just a soldier, but uh, Vincent the Animal Ferrara. He uh he actually yeah. did turn out to be a high ranking captain from what it was saying. I didn't know he was fucking still alive either. Yeah, uh Ferrara. Yeah, I believe he's still alive. Yeah, Vincent the Animal. Yeah, he's, I think he's in prison, but yeah, he's seventy-one or something. Then uh, there was a uh, Vincent uh, Te- Teresa. I was like, I want to say Teresa, but I know that's not how I'm supposed to roll off the tongue. Uh, but like, yeah, Vincent Teresa, uh, born nineteen thirty, died in nineteen ninety. I don't know the exact dates, but he was another. All right, so, so Rob, maybe you can answer this. You've been studying this shit a little longer than myself, or actually a lot longer than myself, but. What what the fuck separates a captain and a lieutenant? Like, I mean, I know what separates it, like the military sense of the word, but I didn't think the mob really used lieutenants. It's not like a labeled position, is it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's almost it's different. They would refer to a lieutenant as like uh, as a captain. So, I mean, it could mean a few things. It can mean that person's a captain. It could just mean that it's a you know he's the top guy for a captain. A lieutenant can be the captain's top guy. Right, so a made man, but the dependable guy in the crew. Yeah, like I think this that can that with the word lieutenant can mean many things. You know, like when a captain, you know, you're not a yeah. captain unless you're a captain of a crew. You know, you know, a captain. So it's that kind of yeah, word. captain of a ship. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, lieutenant is a weird word. It kind of is like that. Yeah, it's very loosely tossed around. Yeah. Same with uh, associate. I've always felt like uh, the feds in order to get more funding loosely threw around how many associates each family had i'm not saying they didn't yeah. have their tentacles into every little thing on the planet i'm saying when i think of an associate i think of henry hill no he's not a made guy i don't even he's like a half a wise guy but he's actually yeah. involved with some grit and some grime he doesn't fucking hand you two slips of paper don't call that guy an associate that's a guy it's a that's a plumber who needs extra money dude that's not an associate <laughs> yeah <laughs> so another word that's loosely uh thrown around and it could be it could mean many different things it could just you know Someone could not even be a member of that family, or you know, not even um, not even someone who wants to be involved in crime. They're just dealing with the mob on something. Then, you know, that's an associate. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. You play the numbers, and you're an associate. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, so that's why it's always always a stupid on if someone's you know an associate, if someone's a soldier, or it happens. You know, it's just. And speaking of the whole transition from associate to soldier. Uh, one that I found that I didn't know was a sort of a big rock in Boston was uh, Angelo Sonny uh, uh, Mer- Mercurio. Mercurio uh, born Mercer- July 11th, 19. 19- What's up? Mercurio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. July 11th, 1936, December 11th, 2006. But he's a rat, obviously, but he's a rat in a different sense of the word from things that I've read. He helped the feds get wire recordings of uh, uh induction ceremony like an actual ceremony of people being made which is just i don't I, that's just low uh, i believe that was the one that uh jr russo and uh who was a who was the captain um him and uh raymond patriarch jr attended a meeting where raymond made some guys and that was uh it was at a house in medford and i want to say 89 I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say 89. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 89. You are right. I did have the date written down somewhere. It's just all jotted. I got to start writing better. I don't know why I do this to myself. Yeah, I believe it was 89. 
and you know that was that was caught on you know first and probably the only uh, I believe the only that uh, they got on tape like that. Yeah, for a, a being made ceremony. Yeah, they should have just let Joe Pastone do the fucking hit, man. They could have had the whole kit and caboodle. They could have had eyes inside. I mean, fuck it, like. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Angelo Russo, uh, Jay Russo. He, I mean, he was the character. That guy. He's actually the one who killed um, Joe the Animal Barbosa out in uh, San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Now is uh he the is it the is it the same guy or is he related to uh, uh who is the Russo from the Lucchese's, I believe? Was it Andrew uh, Russo? And Angelo Russo or something like that. Yeah. Angelo. Yeah, Angelo or something like something along those lines. I don't believe there's any uh there's any, any relation. There could be. I, I just I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel is, I mean, Italian last name. Like, my buddy's uh, name is uh, Andrew Galante. And, like, I'm trying to sift his family history, like, with tooth and fucking comb, bro. Because I'm like, man, if I can dig back to you guys being related to Carmine, I will like you so much more, Andrew. Shout out to Andrew Galante. I already know you're going to be listening. But, yeah, it, it is It is kind of funny. Speaking of uh, Galante, since we got a little – pitter-patter time here what's uh once again we're not glamorizing this but everybody's still got favorites yada 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 you guys all watch violent movies fuck off what's your favorite mob hit rob like to like write about stuff like that like like uh like the the big time hits you know what i mean yeah i mean there's a few of them i, I mean i, I like the the paul castellano hit um it was ballsy it took a lot of time. yeah there was so many things that had to go right in that that, um, yeah, you know, Paul had even just in. sidewalk traffic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, his underboss had to go too, or because you know, if Tommy Pilati wasn't killed, then he would be the boss. So you had to take them both out. So uh, that was a hit that was well planned out. One that you'd be surprised that the people pulled it off. That did pull it off. You know, Sammy Guevara, John Gotti, Charlie Wagons, fucking. Uh... I'm trying to think of all the triggermen that were in on it. Who, uh, uh, Ralph Mosca was, wasn't he? I believe so. As yeah, I, that's one, my, one of those ones I lose track of. But yeah, I agree. It's a beautiful hit. Yeah, it was one of my favorite hits, uh, along with, um, I have to probably go with the Anastasia hit. Um, yeah, Anastasia fucking hits it for me, man. I, I don't know what it is about the barbershop. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that captivates you. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, you know, it's inspired, um, you know, TV shows and shit like that. But that was, uh, I believe it was carried out by uh, Carmine Persico and Joey Gallo. Or that's yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Kid Blast and Larry, too. I mean, that's, I think that's up for speculation, but well, I wouldn't doubt it, man. Yeah, I believe all three Gallo brothers were uh, involved in it. You know, to, played some kind of role in it. Yeah, even if you were the driver or whatever, yeah. <laughs> the uh, one of the ones, ones, whether what's true or not. Oh, the gallows. Yeah, like who exactly did it? But I know you know Persico uh, boasted about doing it. Um, so did Gallo. But then there was another one who said Persico said Gallo didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much shit up. You know that goes around. Yeah, that's that fucking high school talking shit amongst gangsters though because i mean when did persico say gallo didn't was it after they're falling out and he botched the hit on larry you know what i mean like when was it you know like 
Uh, it's uh, it's definitely definitely the, the mystique of the mob is definitely what keeps a lot of people coming back. And uh, I mean, it, it still continues to this day. I mean, they're still they're still thriving. They don't uh, they don't quite dress as elegantly anymore. These young guys out here dressing like Jersey Shore are still uh, repping a mob crew. It's kind of sad, but but don't take it personally, guys. I mean, I'm not in your guys' lifestyle, so I, I can't say shit. But but put on a suit. All Back right. There's a lot of hits that uh, you know what I mean that that interests me. So I mean, I would probably go with the Galante hit too. Um, oh yeah, the cigar is perfect. The cigar is perfect. Yeah, I, I was doing something on Persical the other day, and I had heard that uh, he said he voted against that, but uh, you know, Galante was good to him and all that. So he said he told uh, his cousins one he was staying with when he went on the run that. Uh, oh yeah. Yep. Galante getting hit. Yeah, it's funny when you hear those guys talk about it like that. Like that was one of my favorite things about hearing uh, like Meyer Lansky's stories is it's like, you know, what, you have any regrets or it's all like, you know, if, if I would have had say over it, like Benny would still be here, you know, stuff like that. Like, yep. But it is definitely uh, what's up. I was saying Lansky, he's another interesting character. Yeah, Lansky. I've always wondered if he, uh, how much uh, – I don't know how to say this without being rude because he was definitely very, very smart. But I feel like he – and I mean, and even Luciano, all, all the guys really, get kind of overcredited for having just been groomed all by Arnold Rothstein. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, like we – I like I feel like every time I watch a documentary, unless it's on Arnold Rothstein or like it's a good one made by like NCS or, you know, somebody who really delves deep and it's just one of those fucking history channel 30 minutes and you're done type deals – Rothstein's like never ever brought up it's just Luciano was this visionary what she was but he never would have like chilled out and quit being like a wild hood out of Rothstein not been like dude you gotta reel it in you know like yeah Rothstein taught him a lot I mean taught him how to dress how to how you eat uh, yeah <laughs> young Luciano just smacking his lips at a table like chugging wine and shit Rothstein taking like small bites and being like Charlie reel it in isn't he the one who told all those guys to change their name from fucking just wild ass fucking long ass names to like something that Americans can pronounce because it'd make them seem more business presentable or, or was that somebody else? Um, yeah, no, I'm not sure if that was Rothstein or, uh, or not, but you know, they have done, you know, there's a few models that have probably done that. But I can, I believe anyway. <clears throat> most, uh, yeah, most definitely. Actually, that, that's another uh, fun side note. Arnold Rothstein and uh, Albert Anastasia both killed in the same hotel, roughly 30 years apart. <laughs> Good old Park Sheridan. Two iconic hits. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Well, uh, we are just about – yeah, that's uh, that's the pretty much the breakdown for the hierarchy of what was the Boston mob. I'm sure they're – is still a Boston mob around, but uh, you know we'll uh, we'll let them do their thing, and we'll talk about them once once they go down or once whatever happens happens to them. Um, I'm pretty much all wrapped up here, Rob. You got anything you want to go out on, bro? Uh, no. I mean, you and I we didn't get to a lot of stuff that we planned on getting to, so uh, we could do a part two or something. Uh, I'd be up for that. Yeah, no, most definitely. I, this is just like looping up on 45 minutes, and you know. 
I, I don't want to overdo people. You know what I mean? A three-hour podcast is a lot to listen to. Yeah, especially listening to me mumble. I, my first podcast. No, you're, you're good. No, you're good, bro. You fucking – it's all smooth. It's all gravy. Fucking – we – that was – it is what it is, bro. It's a fucking – it's a podcast. I'm happy we got 45 minutes out of it. Yeah, well, we'll do a part two, and then we'll talk about uh, more going to my uncle a little more and stuff like that. Hell yeah, sounds good, my brother. Well, you enjoy the rest of your weekend. You tell your ma I said hello. Um, anybody you want to give a shout out to? I uh, know I'm good, man. Thank you. Happy birthday, bro. Right on. Hey, thanks, brother. Hey, from all of us here at Wise Guys Hideaway, Boston Rob, thanks for stopping by. Take it easy, you beautiful sons of bitches. <laughs>